Input. Output. Hi, this is Input Output, and I'm your host, Mark Yarm. Today on the Input Output podcast, we've got a look at the PS5's ugly design and tips on how to get Japan-only fashions. Sony recently unveiled its next-generation gaming console, the PlayStation 5. We hope you've enjoyed the first glimpse of our future today. You've seen our most striking console design yet, and you've seen games that can only be enjoyed with the full range of PlayStation 5's features and power. And a good deal of the internet hated the flashy design, mocking it with endless memes. InputMag.com senior reviews editor Ray Wong felt so strongly that he wrote an essay called What the PlayStation 5 Gets Wrong About the Future of Design. Here he is reading an excerpt from his piece. Sony had an opportunity to make the PS5 a good-looking box that also embodies modern computing and gaming trends that push technology more into the background. But instead, we're getting a box that people can't stop memeing. As my friend Alex Perry said on Twitter, my main concern with the PS5's design is, eventually, I might bring someone I'm dating home and they'll see that under my TV. Thank you for joining us again, Ray. Thanks for having me back again. So for those listeners who haven't seen the PS5 design yet, how would you describe what it looks like? A monstrosity. It is a behemoth. It is ginormous. I mean, Sony hasn't officially unveiled any kind of dimensions, but digital sleuths have you know, done their homework. They've made comparisons based on the optical drive, the USB drive, and it looks really big, like bigger than the original PS3, which was already like a joke. It was like, it was so big that, you know, they called it the George Foreman grill. And this looks like, I don't know, it looks ridiculous. It looks like a popped collar. It looks like the Barclays Center. It looks like something Zaha Hadid would design. It looks so alien. It's just not your typical black box that you would put under your TV. And how did the internet as a whole react? I mean, they're just going to town with it. They're freaking out. They're laughing at it. They're mocking it. And now that the PlayStation 5 has been revealed, the internet wasted no time in preparing the memes. And I've been literally just crying tears of laughter for the last 24 hours. Obviously, you know, some there are some people who like the design. It's very gamery, I would say, you know? So, like, maybe back in the day, the gaming aesthetic wasn't quite, you know, mainstream yet. But now, you know, there's a very clear design trend for what is the gamer aesthetic, you know? It's white, it's black, it's blue accents. And this is exactly it. Um, it's very Alienware-ish. It looks like a router. I mean, I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to try something brand new, something fresh. But I think it comes off as off-putting just because, you know, it's not very inclusive. It's not for the everybody. It's for the gamer. And it's very clear that that's the audience they're trying to go after. Well, well, it is a gaming console, right? I mean, yeah, but it's also like, you know, the gaming console has changed over the years, right? It's become your entertainment center. It's a thing that lives in your living room and you get Netflix from it. You can stream music from it. You can play games on it. You can browse a web. So it's much more than just a game console. And to make it like so gamery, it feels like something I don't want to actually proudly display in my media center. Looks wise, how does it compare to Microsoft's next generation console, the Xbox Series X? The Xbox Series X is like the complete opposite of the PS5. It is just a monolithic, very plain black box. There's there's almost like no ornamentation on the front. 
except for an Xbox logo in the optical drive. And it's very bland, you know, like maybe it's almost to the point of being too boring. It's almost like Microsoft didn't design. They made a box, a shoe box. But that that's kind of the whole point, right? Um, if you're focused on the games, the content itself, you don't want to spend a lot of time like, you know, fussing about the box. It's a thing that sits under your TV or behind your TV and you interface with video games with your controller. The PS5 just feels like a huge distraction. If you have it outside your TV, and I am one of those people who have a lot of my consoles outside of their TV, and I actually take pride in like my, my devices looking good outside the TV, I think that this thing is just going to be like screaming for your attention, you know? It's always going to be, be nagging you to like look at it. It is the attraction, not the TV and not the content, which kind of disappoints me. Just regarding what it looks like, are you excited for the PS5? I'm excited for the games. You know, obviously at the end of the day, it's all about the games and the box is not going to matter. But the box does matter, in my opinion, to some degree, you know, and it has mattered in previous console generations and it has impacted sales. You know, the PS3 was just so big that it was off putting for a lot of customers. A compact device does matter to a certain degree. Ultimately, the games will matter more, but I'm not going to say that that won't impact, you know, this upcoming generation. You can follow Ray on Twitter at Ray Wangi. Now on to today's second story. Just because streetwear is advertised as Japan only doesn't mean we Westerners can't get a hold of it. The Secret is an online service called a proxy. InputMag.com news writer Ian Cervantes recently wrote a great guide to using proxies to buy Japanese fashion. Here he is reading an excerpt from his piece. If you're serious about what you wear, chances are you've come across these two dreadful words, Japan only. But if you're willing to jump through a few hoops, the confines of international shipping don't have to apply to you. And you should be willing to put in the extra work, because Japan makes some of the finest clothing in the world. Welcome back to the show, Ian. Yep, thanks for having me. What kind of clothing are Japanese designers excelling at these days? Japan has a uh, kind of a history of fascination with Americana, as well as like workwear, which you can kind of put into a subcategory of that, and denim especially. In the 1950s, Hollywood movies and American rock and roll swept Japan, impacting Japanese teens just like in the States. But it was all new to Japan and sparked a total shift in the way kids wanted to dress. They've kind of taken over these categories and made them with this American heritage in mind, but just like this extreme quality that you just don't get with American brands anymore. And then aside from that, Japan has been really pivotal for streetwear. Before it took off in the United States, they were kind of eating up these American brands in Japan. And even Supreme was opening more stores in Japan before they came here. So it kind of got big there and then came here. So because of that, there are all these really dope Japanese streetwear brands as well. In your article, you talk about how you can buy these Japan-only goods through something called a proxy. How does that work? It's essentially a a third-party site that, because of of these site limitations, they won't ship directly through you. So you can go to these third-party proxies and they'll do the transition for you. They'll accept the shipping, repackage it, and send it right back to you. First, it's going to be team manual. Then it's going to be proxies, bots, and servers. These are all pretty essential now in copying sneakers, so let's get right into it. You know, it kind of sounds a little more 
involved than it is when you say proxy, but you're basically just sourcing and then dropping a link and and kind of completing your purchase in the same way with this proxy. And then you'll be paying a little bit more for the fee for their service and then for international shipping. But it's actually not too cumbersome and it's a way to get some really dope clothing that you wouldn't have had access to otherwise. And does this end up costing you a lot of money? I mean, between the fees and between the actual clothing itself? One of the positives about doing this is you are, you can save money in a way because a lot of the reason why with any brand that's from another country, you know, you're going to be paying for those import fees here. So this is a way to negate that. But that said, you're going to have to pay, you know, the cost of international shipping, which could end up being like 30 to $50, kind of depending on what you get. And then the proxy fees can be pretty reasonable. At their most, they'll be like 10%, which can obviously add up the more expensive thing you get. But for kind of, for, for everything that goes into it, it's it's pretty reasonable. You can follow Ian on Twitter at Ian underscore Cervantes, and I am at Mark Yarm. For more news from the world of technology and culture, visit InputMag.com. You can click on the links in the show notes for the stories we discussed today. New episodes of Input Output are released three times a week. If you enjoyed what you heard, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. You can find Input Output on your smart speaker or whichever podcast app you use. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.